Uh, hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, Everyday Sex. And this is season two, episode three. We're excited yes. to be here. Episode three. Uh, we have our friend here, not with us today. Hi, everyone. From Kinks and Coffee. Yes. Amazing. Um, Julian, Julian, our producer is here, chilling. 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 Like a balloon. <laughs> Um, awesome. How was everyone's day today? Sarah? Good. It's still early here in, um, West coast time zone. And my, um, just funny note, my dad and brother are staying with me right now. And I obviously couldn't record this sort of thing in the room next to them. So my friend who lives a few floors down gave me her key and I'm like fully set up in her kitchen while she's away for the weekend. Uh, so that I could talk about um, sex freely without my family <laughs> in the same room. So, but yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm ready. How are you guys doing? I'm sad I'm not in the studio. It's I, it's like lonely over here. <laughs> well, it's very smoky in oh yeah you know, Ottawa region, Gatineau region. We woke up and stepped outside and there was tons it's, of smoke. So. Yeah, it's really bad today. Yeah, that was disappointing to see that come back. But it's yeah, so we're good. Stella and I partied hard, hard last night. That was so funny. I took that video. I didn't even know you were in the background. <laughs> yeah, we bumped into each other out uh, on the town last night. What a coincidence. Um, <laughs> at like a very niche bookstore rave. Yeah. Like, what are the chances? <laughs> She was doing a little video and I was, I saw her from across the room and I was like, and I didn't even realize and like until the second time you waved, I was like, oh my God, you've been in the video the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I might have ruined your video. No, no, no. no it's so much. <laughs> but yeah. No, it was fun. We had a good time. Yeah. It was, it was actually like a sick time. Yeah. It was I, very cool. I, I think I mentioned our last episode that I'm sober right now and I genuinely felt like I was freaking wasted because mm-hmm. I was having so much fun. I got home and the I was like, energy Whoa. was intoxicated. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you were drunk on good pet. And I was like eating Cheetos and I was like, I'm, 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 I'm so drunk. <laughs> I wasn't actually, I was just sober. It was just fucking wild. I was just like on high. It was crazy. Yeah, it was very fun. Um, But yeah, I think uh, I, don't know if I lost my voice somehow. Kind yeah. of, uh, I had no idea. I literally went to go pick up that, and uh, I was like, "Hey!" And I was like, "What the fuck?" And that was the first time I spoke all day. She <laughs> was like, "Oh God, this is not good for a podcast recording." Yeah. So apologies in advance, everyone. That no, it's I not that sound. bad. It's not that bad. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Some people think raspy voices are very sexy. You're so, right. You know, this is actually this like, is true. I've gotten that making you a lot, more attractive so. to some viewers. I was going to say, it's only about 13% raspier than your usual. <laughs> I have a pretty raspy voice in general. Yeah. That's so jokes. Awesome. Um, okay. So why don't we start, Not tell us who you are. Tell us why you're here. We're, well, first of all, we're really excited. You're our first guest. So for everyone listening, this is a... This is a huge, a huge moment. So yeah, tell us a little bit about like who you are and what you do and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Thank you so much for having me as your first guest. Like I very, feel very honored and it's my first podcast too. So first for all of us. <laughs> um, 
So who am I? So my name is Natalia Jakowski or Yachkowski, if you want to say it in the proper Polish way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a part-time sex educator. I do freelance sex education work. Would love for it to become my full-time job, but um, it's been part-time for the last few years. I've been doing this work for, for about three years. And the dream really is to be able to do this full-time. So I'm working towards that. Um, but yes, I work, I mainly serve the Ottawa area and I do a lot of community events. Um, but I am hoping to increase my reach um, and have a more international reach over time uh, with my offerings. But I've just been kind of building slowly, starting grassroots, starting with my local community and kind of building from there and networking and stuff. Um, but it's been very fulfilling work for me. Uh, yeah. And I'm very excited to talk to you about my work and answer any questions. Yeah. I'm so stoked to have you. Mm-hmm. I met Nat, I'd say maybe almost a year ago, I think. Yep. Yeah. Almost a year ago at an event that she was whole, like, she had put together at a comedy club here called Laugh Lounge. And it was like a kink comedy show. It was like, it's like a demo in it. And it was insane. And I remember I went to that first one and I, I think it was, yeah, I went up to you and I was like, this was unbelievable. Yeah, and I was like, like Ottawa has, I was like, Ottawa needs something like this. And it's so cool. You're doing something like this. And like, I feel like people are freaked out to talk about these things. It's part of the reason why we took, when we started this podcast, because we wanted to talk about things that made people uncomfortable. Yeah. Or things that are considered t- taboo. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so when I thought about it, you were like immediately one of the first people that came into my mind to ask to like come on, yeah. because like we think we know a good amount sometimes, but then like fuck of fuck fuck fuck, fuck we know. No, okay. people like, don't really talk about it, and I mean that's been my own personal journey with with this work. Like I, a lot of people think that perhaps I was always like a very highly sexual person. Like I was mm-hmm. the first one of my friends to like do anything. Um, but that's not true at all. Like I grew up uh, in a very Catholic home and I was taught abstinence. Um, and my parents came from Soviet Poland where it was a communist country. And mm-hmm. so they didn't even have, like they were just taught to abstain from sex altogether. So yeah. like it was very fear-based Um sex education that I got from them. And then I got married and I was having sex, but it wasn't, it wasn't really great sex. But I was like, oh, I guess this might just be as good as it gets. And then after my divorce, I really challenged myself and I was like, no, I need to figure out if there's, if there's more, if I can be getting more out of my sex life. So I was like, I'm going to be super exploratory. I'm going to try everything and just see how how orgasmic I can possibly be. And my mind was just blown. And I started having conversations with a lot of my friends being like, have you guys done this? Have you tried this? Did you know that this exists? And my friends were like, what? No, like the people were so uncomfortable to talk about it, but I am, I, I can, I have this ability to get people to open up. So people yeah. slowly started to open up to me to confide in me and say that their sex lives were also, you know, not very fulfilling. Um, but they were, were, you know, just complacent with it. Like we live a lot of, with a lot of things mm-hmm. in our lives. We just become complacent. And I was like, no, this is not okay. Like I need to start going out there and talking about sex openly, making people comfortable about talking about sex openly because people do really want it. But there's just so many still stereotypes in our society about talking openly about sex. Um, So anyway, that's kind of when it became my mission. And I just started writing blogs online about my experiences and what I was trying. And that really got a lot of traction and people were starting to enjoy that which is kind of like how I fell into a partnership with a local sex shop because they're like, oh, wow, we love your writing. We'd love for you to write for us. 
So I was like, for sure, I'd love to do that. Started a newsletter for them. The newsletter has been super popular. We have a really strong subscription list. And every month we do a different topic about a different sex thing. Yeah, I love it. I've read it at the end. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's really fun. I love the the newsletter and I always like engage my audience to pick the next topic. So it is really like something that is built from the community. Um, but then the events have been the really fun, like connecting with people in person yeah. and having, yeah, seeing people kind of blossom and become, you know, curious about sex and the things that they're learning about. And I can see when they leave the events, like people are, are like oh my renewed and they're like, wow, like I didn't know that I could try this or that. I feel like that every time I go to Mary shows, I walk nice. out being like, wow, that was wild. And like, even watching, like <clears throat> you do some things that are like, I can feel like, you know, when you get that feeling in your face, it's like, oh, like you're like, oh, I guess it's like blushing almost. Yeah. Or arousal. And maybe. And like, I'm just like, I'm what? I'm like, watching you do things. And I'm like, this is so like, it's crazy that I wish I could be as like carefree (laughs) and like comfortable. Like I'm a pretty comfortable person, like in general. Yeah. But some things like that, like. I could never go on like to oh I feel like could be super but, sexual. Yeah, like that takes a lot, and yeah. like I see you, dude. I'm like fuck, I I idolize you. It's great. Thanks. I mean, I d- I definitely wasn't always so confident with it. It took a lot of time and building that confidence. And I also will say that I'm pretty lucky in the sense that being able to do this work. Um, my family's super supportive, but I don't really have much family here. All of my family's oh. in Poland, and so this work is kind of like a mystery to them. Like my family in Poland doesn't know that I do this work really Um, because they can't even speak English and they're, they're not on social media, like on the platforms where I share all my stuff. Um, so I have this like license to be a bit more daring than most people here. Like I've got, Um, I, I don't have a relationship with my father. We've like, um, I intention for intentional reasons. We don't have a relationship. It's not a healthy relationship. So I've just got my mom and my mom's super supportive. It took some time to kind of (laughs) get her comfortable, but she is very supportive now. And then my brother and sister are super progressive. So, you know, they've been always supporting my work, but um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people have families where it's just not the norm to talk about sex or they have family members that will judge them for talking openly about sex or being openly sexual, you know, because this is a part of our identity that we're taught to like hide, you know, like that. that's the part of your identity that you reserve for the bedroom. It's not part of your Mm. whole identity. Um, So yeah, I feel like I have this special ability to do this work and not, not be, I guess, hesitant about doing it because I'm worried about being judged by a family mm-hmm. member. So for that reason, I'm, I I feel like I challenge myself to be as daring as possible with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but That's crazy. I love the, in, the in-person events are my favorite, this favorite stuff that I do. So I'm trying to do more and more events. Um, that's kind of my goal for the next year. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Love that. Yeah. So that's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I've got kind of like two ways that I do my sex education work, like two pillars that my sex education approach is founded on. So the first one being the connection about between mental health and sexual health and how you have to really think about your health in a holistic way because they're the number one thing that gets in the way of our ability to enjoy sex is stress. Stress is like yeah. the number one libido killer in our society. And we live in a society that's like, it valorizes doing lots of things, multitasking, overworking ourselves. And if you don't check that shit at the door before you get into the bedroom, then you're not going to be present and you're not going to be able to feel everything that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, it just really interferes with our ability to process sexual cues because we're like in this fast paced society doing all the things. Um, so being able to figure out how you can be present in the bedroom is the most important thing and how you can, uh, you know, cope with different mental stressors. Um, that's very important. And then the kink, the kink positive side is another side of my sex education. And that's just really encouraging people to think about their sexuality as a unique thing because we're all told that like there are depending on if your if your sexual orientation is this and you have these types of parts, then this is what sex looks like mm -hmm. to you. Like this is mm -hmm. the kind of formula for sex for you. And that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, there are so many ways to be having sex and we should not be constrained by our orientations or the types of genitalia we have. Like there's so many ways that you can experience sex and our whole body is involved in sex. People get really focused on like just genital stimulation, mm -hmm. but you can involve your whole body in building arousal. And there are so many ways to have an orgasm. It is crazy. <laughs> uh, I often use this example, paraplegic people can, there's, there's been research shown that paraplegic people can orgasm from just having their earlobes rubbed. No way. Yeah. Cause the earlobe is a, such a sensitive part. And so if you've lost oh. sensitivity there and you can't feel like you can eroticize any body part. That's crazy. Although most, mm. for most people, sex is genital stimulation. Mm. Um, you can absolutely eroticize any other body part. I had no idea. Yeah. The mind. The mind is your most powerful sex organ. The and, mind. And you know, that's just that's just wild. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. That's really neat though. And I often tell people like I this is a mantra that I say to myself often that like my pleasure is always expanding. Like I'm always learning new ways about how to have pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I'm always surprised by new ways that I can experience orgasm. Like it's, and it's a journey. It's a lifelong journey. Our sexuality will continue to evolve. You'll surprise yourself by things that you like, but you have yeah. to be open-minded and you have to like do that exploratory work. And we're not taught to do that because in school, I'm assuming you both got garbage sex education. What would you say? School. Now, did you do you feel that you received a good sex education? No, no, it was like putting a condom on a banana and like what is a woman's period, and that was like the extent of it. And like not abstinence, maybe, but just like wear a condom, period, like end of sentence, like that's it. So yeah, yeah, and these are the body parts on a male body mm -hmm. and a female mm -hmm. body. Yeah, um, no, yeah, it's not pleasure based, absolutely not pleasure based. <laughs> Um, and so a lot of people, when they hear I'm a sex educator, they often think like, oh, so you go to schools and you teach students and kids. And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. I teach the generations of people that have been failed by the sex education that they got as kids. So yeah. my target audience is mostly adults who got a garbage sex education and never took the time to really explore their sexuality and think more deeply about their sexuality and the uniqueness of their sexuality and kind of do that exploratory work. So I try to give people tools to think mm -hmm. and reflect a little bit more um about what they would like uh but yeah so so that's, that's crazy yes <laughs> that's wild i'm just like just keep saying the same thing because i'm just like mind blown because i'm like mm. i'm like agreeing with these things that you're saying i'm like yeah like yeah this makes sense like i find at a young age like all that was like completely like a no-go they're like don't do this don't do this and i was like yeah. okay but then at a young age too though like i started masturbating so it was like and then it, and then it stopped and then it started. And then like, I go through phases of like doing it a lot and doing it not at all. Yeah. And then it's like, 
And then I'm like, ah, I should probably chill out. <laughs> it's been a couple of mm-hmm. times today. <laughs> no, no like, but like, I guess like, where did you absorb that messaging mm-hmm. that masturbating was bad? I don't know. I just, I don't. <sighs> I mean, it would, it would be amazing if in school they encouraged you to ma- masturbate because yeah. it'd be like, you're by masturbating, you are going to understand your sexual response and you're going to see how your body responds when you touch a certain area of your body in a certain way. And then that information is so important to be able to share to a partner, be like, listen, Mm -hmm. if you want to build my arousal, this is a good way. This is a good pathway to follow. But no, we're told like, yeah, I I really hate um, the negative, um, especially for women, the negative uh, connotations around masturbation, especially people in partnerships. I find that some people feel threatened by partners masturbating when they're in a relationship because the idea is like well you have a person so you should be able to just fuck each other and not have to fuck yourself sorry can i swear yeah yeah okay thank you (laughs) (laughs) should have asked for permission (laughs) but uh i i i think that's a bunch of baloney um i in every partnership i've been in since my divorce i have had a very um, active self-love routine as mm. well as like having sex with my partner. And I love, I prefer to have sex with a partner because I'm a very social person. So mm. I ju- it's just fun to interact with somebody else. It just makes it that much more exciting sometimes. But the reality is that you're not going to be able to get your sexual needs met by another person at all yeah. times because of all sorts of reasons, because they're across the country. They're, they're really busy at work and stressed out. They just don't have the emotional capacity to, you know, be present for you in the bedroom that day. Um, people who go through grief, like that's a real thing. It, it can take a long time if somebody's grieving something for them to be sexually av- available to their partner. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really beautiful thing to be able to take care of your sexual needs yourself. And I think it also, as long as the relationship is healthy, it should actually relieve your partner for them to know like, oh, like it's not on all, all on me. Like I'm, they're able to take care of themselves when I don't have the resources, time, energy, whatever to do it. Yeah. I think it's actually a very loving thing to be like, don't worry, I can take care of myself. That's, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. I never thought about it that way. I feel like most partners that I've been with, I, I it's true though I do kind of lower the amount of masturbation than I do because I'm like oh maybe they'll find it weird but like I do enjoy uh, sometimes I prefer just me doing it yeah you know it's like totally. I'm like and I'm not a sexual person like I am and I I'm not like I go through phases of like there's been times where I've been like maybe I'm asexual but then I'm like no because I do enjoy like being with a partner but then like other times i'm like i'm okay if well, this doesn't happen there's so many things that affect um where our sex drive is at throughout our lives like we're gonna go through a lot lots of different periods where we're like oh fuck like i'm really horny these days mm-hmm. and then other times we're like yeah i just feel like the dr- there's nothing there that really is making me crave it and that's totally okay yeah. and i i think that that's another thing that's hard with sex that people think that like, listen, if you're not having sex this number of times, this, like this often, this frequent, there's something wrong with your sex life. And I really hate that. Mm -hmm. Like I hate when people apply standards on like, this is what a good healthy sex life looks like. You get to decide that for yourself and it can look different year, year from year, month from month. Mm -hmm. And I just, I am very anti-absolutist with this. Like I'm just Mm -hmm. like, masturbate as much as you want or as little as you want yeah. don't help but don't don't judge other people for not following your what a, a good fulfilling sex, sex life 
looks like to you. Yeah. It's not going to look the same way for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Is, is there um, wh- where does it go into a healthy amount of self love to porn addiction, which can can Ooh, deteriorate relationships and because uh, for sure, yeah. Um, I actually wrote a, a newsletter on this topic about porn and. I mean, you can get addicted to anything. Mm-hmm. It's just the reality of like there's something going on, on in your life and um, th- that addiction comes to the surface but, and you can attach to so many different things. And of course, porn can can do that um, if you develop a reliance. But this is what I will tell you. It's all brain science related, right? Like if you find a pa- – if when you have a repetitive practice, your brain lights up. There's a neuron pathway that lights up in your brain, right? And the more you do that practice, the deeper that path gets and the easier it is to travel and to mm. access and the more you rely on it. So of course, if you're doing this day in, day out and you, you don't have, you're not, you know, having the intimacy with your partner, it's going to be harder for you to be intimate with your partner and to come and receive that satisfaction. But you can learn with, it's just like anything. If you become highly reliant on your vibrator and you feel like, oh fuck, I can't come without my vibrator put the vibrator away for a little while. Mm. That's what you do. Or turn down the intensity level on the vibrator. You can learn, relearn um, to come in the ways that you were used to coming. It's just a matter of practicing it. Our mind is our most powerful asset when it comes to sex. And it's just a matter of being committed to being like, okay, I've been watching way too much porn. (laughs) And it seems to be like, I'm struggling to have that deep connection with my partner unless there's porn there. So put the porn away yeah. for a bit. But there's nothing inherently wrong with porn. I I love having some sort of visual stimulation or um, audio stimulation while I'm masturbating. Uh-huh. So I do like to use my brain to like, I'll often fantasize about like hot situations that yeah. I was in um, or things that I would like to do. Like um, there's things that I've talked to about, um, talked to my partner about that we like w- are kind of like working towards that we would like to do. So I think about those scenarios That's with cool. like the things that are kind of goals for us in our sex in our sex life. So that will really help me with masturbation, but I do really love porn. I would just say that porn is problematic because a lot of people consume really garbage porn mm-hmm. that is very yeah. performative and not really authentic to, to to what sex looks like. And so then we absorb that messaging and we think that that's like a good healthy way to have sex and connect with people. So <laughs> consume ethical you mean, porn. You mean you shouldn't bang your stepmom if she's stuck in the dryer? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I I don't kink shame. If that is a thing that you want, if you've got like stepmom uh, kink, that's totally cool. But it's just like, how is there respect? And listen, there there's types of sex that are is degrading that people get off on. But it's more that the sex doesn't portray like the conversations that happen before having sex where people set boundaries and they talk about their desires and dislikes and yeah. they communicate and they build that consent. So that's the hard thing that in porn, you'll see a wide range of different types of kinky things, but they don't really show the negotiation that happens that should happen yeah. before you really s- explore that with somebody. So um, yeah, there's a lot of different kinds of uh, erotica that you can consume that is much more ethical, that they like paid the performers yeah. a fair wage and that the performers are actually involved in the in the design of the scene. So like the actors will come together and be like, listen, I like this. Do you like yeah. this? And they'll build the scene together. So it's more, just more real. Are there any sites that you particularly like? Yes. <laughs> They don't pay me to say this, but I, I really <laughs> like them. Um, so X Confessions is a favorite. So Erica oh, yeah. Lust is a um, 
female, um, I guess, porn cinematographer, and she has a few different porn sites. She has her Erica Lust one, um, which is like a bit more mainstream. And then the ex-confessions one is fun because it's people who submit their confessions about things that are fantasies that they have, and she brings them to life. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. super neat. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Really like, <laughs> and I'm really into like gangbang porn too. So they've got some good gangbang okay. stuff on there. <laughs> it's pretty good. See, I like, I like reading. Oh, really? Sometimes, yeah. Nice. I'm really into like reading. There's this like site called Literotica. Ooh, I don't actually know about it. Yeah, and they have like sex toys of like a bunch of different categories. Oh, and I just like read it. Yeah, that's like yeah. It's it's right? this is the thing people need to explore and see what kind of what aids help them yeah. in getting off. And for some people, porn and audio porn is really great for partnered sex too. And sometimes yeah. me and my partner will do that. We'll be like, you know, we'll, we'll put on something hot and we'll start like touching ourselves and then start touching each other. Yeah. And that will be kind of our foreplay. Um, but yeah, it just depends. It just depends. It can be something that you just use exclusively for solo play or use for partner play. Um, but I do think people should explore it more. Okay. And Quinn is a really good audio porn um, app. I like Quinn. Oh, okay. Quinn and Dipsia. I think that's the Dipsia. other one. Yeah, see, it's because I, I like, because I'm big on, Sarah will tell you, I'm big on making little fantasies in my head and scenarios. Yeah. Just like in general, like like not even sexual like scenarios. My, so like fantasizing and like creating things and like that's why reading helps me because I can like imagine it. Yeah, you're visualizing the scene yeah, as you read yeah. it. Well, it sounds like you might have some confessions that you could submit <laughs> to ex-confession and they could bring your fantasy to life. That's crazy. There's some really good ones. But so you do pay for it's a paid service. It's not gonna be free. It's not gonna be like Pornhub and you just like Google whatever the heck you want. Um so it it there's a cost, but I'm telling you the quality it really? is like so good. Mm -hmm. And it also saves the time and the hassle of like searching in the search engine and just like, you know, kind of browsing through crappy video after crappy video before you find the one that actually works for you. I just find that the quality is supreme. That's insane. Have you heard of what's it called? Oh, I did this last time. It's like uh, Bell, Bellsma. Bellsma. I'm not sure. Oh, but Bayessa? Yes. Yeah, it's this. Um, so they do actually have a porn. Yeah, you're right. I like them. They started producing some porn as well. Yeah, so it's a sex toy company. Oh, wait, maybe? Maybe we're Bayessa, B E L L E S A? Maybe. They started producing porn. So it would make sense if that's who you're referencing. Let's see. Oops, that's not what I want to look at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like woman based. Yep. Yeah, I love that side too. Yeah, and I think it's pretty affordable too. I, I yeah. remember I've watched a few videos and they're good as well. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh man. That's you know, I I I'm always open to getting like a new view on things. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I think that that's like what I I with my social media, especially I focus. So on my social media, I have um, a page called Kings and coffee. So I work for the sex shop. I do, I do work where like they hire me and I produce videos and tutorials about different things. And I write their newsletter and then I have my own page Kings and coffee. And what Kings and coffee is really focused on is creating content that like challenges people to think about like, Oh, I might be into that actually, <laughs> you know, that I've never thought about that. So I do a lot of videos about uh, interesting sex acts or kinks, 
um, that people don't, that are not necessarily as well known. Um, just because people, you will surprise yourself. You, there's a lot of things that people, um, just leave unexplored that can actually be very helpful in enhancing their sex lives. And a lot of people seem to think that all the videos that I do, it's like, I'm into all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I find it fascinating. I think that kinks are super interesting, uh, but I don't have every single yeah. fetish. <laughs> um, I just think they're very interesting. But yeah, I really try to use that platform to share that kind of information. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be helpful for me to explain what kinks are because I don't know if your audience yeah. knows. So kink is just a big umbrella, broad term that refers to any type of sexual activity or um, like or preference that isn't considered conventional or traditional. So obviously that includes so many things, so, mm -hmm. so many things because our, con our concept of sex is quite narrow. Um, so yeah, it includes things like, um, voyeurism or exhibitionism. So that's like having, like having people watch you have sex oh. or having sex out in the open so people can see you. Yeah. Some people are really into that. I actually am super into exhibitionism. Which Obviously I'm a performer. So exhibitionism mm -hmm. is like, you like people to watch, watch you. you. Yeah. Voyeurism is like, you like to watch people have sex. Okay. I think yeah. I'm what, I think I kind of like what you like to exhibitionism. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'd say like 80-20. Yeah, yeah. I like both. I really like both, but exhibitionism is a, is a favorite. Um, and my my partner's not super exhibitionist, so like we, there's a lot of negotiation that happens that I'm like, can we do this? And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, but no, he's a good sport. Um, but yeah, so there's that sort of stuff. There's the, the world of like BDSM, which mm -hmm. is like the more power exchange stuff, dom, sub, um, some pain stuff related in that domain as well, because some people really do experience pleasure from experiencing some mm -hmm. pain. Um, and then like all sorts of things like breath play, like some people really like the, the experience having their breath restricted, role playing, any kind of role playing, so many things like kink is just so, so, so vast. Because if you think about what is a conventional idea of sex, it's like, you know, you're, there's some kissing, there's some fondling, maybe above the clothes fondling, then maybe you get na naked and then there's some more touching and then there's genital stimulation and then a climax. Mm -hmm. And then, but up, but up, like that's the, that's, that tends to be the path that people think. And it's like, no, the sex could look so different. So that's fine. Yeah. There could be no genital stimulation mm -hmm. and there's still sex happening. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Sarah, do you have anything you want to ask? Um, yeah, I wrote down a few questions. Um, so as of lately, what is your favorite pleasure toy that you've been using? Okay. So I have a, <laughs> a very big collection of toys. Um, and the toy that I would say for vulva owners that I think is just like a really good staple that um, I think is a good thing that anyone should have is the wand. I didn't bring it. Yes. Um, but Sarah, Sarah loves the it. The wand is really wonderful mm -hmm. um, because the wand is a great tool for stimulating the internal clitoris as well as the external clitoris. And so I brought my little um, 3D <laughs> vulva to kind of explain what I mean because our genitals, we have three components to our genitals. We have the vulva. Do you know what the other ones are? <laughs> Can you just keep going? <laughs> the vagina oh, okay. and the clitoris. Yeah, okay. So those are the okay. three, three main parts, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> but a lot of people think the vulva and the vagina, you know, it's oh, the same okay, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. not. So the vulva is your external genitalia, right? 
Um, so it's this here and it's got your inner labia, your outer labia. Um, and then the vagina is like the muscular um, tube that you have inside that connects to your cervix. And the clitoris is this. People think that the clitoris is just the head of the clit, right? That little nub, the little button that feels good to touch. But it's actually this whole thing. So there's an entire mm -hmm. internal structure that plays a very big role in our sexual pleasure as vulva owners that gets forgotten about. And this internal structure, so um, the, the head has a little shaft and then it splits into two sets of legs, the cura and the vestibular bulbs, and they're made from erectile tissue. So why that's important is because erectile tissue, when it's stimulated, it swells and it increases blood flow circulation and it, it increases lubrication, which is really important for us to have okay. yeah, good sex. And so oftentimes people will go straight to the clit and just start, st start stimulating the clit. Yeah. But that can be very irritating if you haven't actually aroused the full clitoral structure, it doesn't, it can feel like uncomfortable and irritable yeah. and actually not very pleasurable because the head of the clit hasn't become engorged because there hasn't been blood flow yet. Yeah. So it's not going to feel good yet. You need to be patient and spend time massaging the, the labias with a wand. A wand is really great for that. So a wand is like, you've got um, a handle and at the end of the handle, there's a bulb and it's, it's what vibrates. Yeah, yeah, Do you well, right? yeah, yeah. I just got one. Like I, I was with a partner a few months ago and she had one and I was like, oh, I thought this was for like geriatrics, like because you, you see on like TV. And then she let so me like, like yeah, I'm like, this is so big. Like, so I used it with her and I was like, oh my God, I have never come like that in my fucking life. Like, it's so intense on your clit. Like, I just couldn't even like, I, I said to her after I was up, I was like, I couldn't do this every day. Like, I feel like it's like a once, once in a while treat. Like it was just so intense, but no, I, I really, really good toy for sure. Yeah. So I think, um, the intensity you can definitely control. Um, if you, if you just put the wand directly on the head of the clit, you're going to explode and it's going to be very intense, but sometimes yeah. that kind of company isn't really pleasurable because you're like, you didn't have enough buildup yeah. for it to be like a proper release. It's just like really yeah. intense. So I use the, the wand for, I'll use it for like 15 minutes, just massaging my labias. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. going to stimulate because the clitoral structure sits behind the, the labia. So it's going to stimulate um, the internal clitoral structure and it's going to swell. And you're going to notice a difference. You'll see your inner labials, labias will start to swell and they get, kind of get puffier. And then you'll start to see lubrication and you'll be like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Like now mm. at that point in time, that's really the best time to start um, stimulating the head of the clitoris because it'll be engorged. You won't have to pull back the clitoral hood because the, the engorgement will just kind of protrude, protrude on its own. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's when you can start playing with the clit and doing all sorts of fun things with the head of the clit. But I love the wand because like I'll massage my labias. I, I like to say I pound my pussy with it <laughs> because I do. It feels really good. <laughs> and then after I'm like, I've done that for 15 minutes, then I'll actually set the wand down and I'll start grinding on it. And I, I like that. And then I'll grind my the head of my okay. clit against it. And usually that will help edge me to a really okay. nice organ. You had another, another question, I think. No, it's just okay, – I've just learned so much from you in the last like five minutes. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> but, you know, it's um, information overload because I'm like, I have so much I want to share. So have I. No, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, it just makes me think of like being in high school and, and even early college where 
you would hook up with guys or, or, or whoever's hooking up with whoever. And it's just like three minutes of making out. And then they're just drilling your clay with their fan. It's just, cause I'm like, it is exactly what you said. It's irritating. Like if you're just like standing in the kitchen, not, not aroused at all. And then someone just puts their hand in their pants and in your pants and starts rubbing your clit. It's like, Oh God, like, I don't know why it almost hurts. Like it's so uncomfortable. So it's it's just, just, you're not ready for it. Yeah. You really need to get the vagina, like craving penetration. If, if that's what you like, Mm -hmm. not every vulva owner likes penetration. doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. Like some people that, that they don't like it, but other people do. Um, but for sure, like I, you really need to get the vagina to a point where it's like throbbing and craving that. And you need to do a lot of external work before the vagina gets to that point that it's like, yes, come inside me. And, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm juicy. I'm big on build, build up. I'm big on yeah. build up. Oh, so, and for men, they can have an orgasm in 15 minutes, like 10 to 15 minutes for vulva owners. It takes us about like 20 to 30 minutes. So it's a long stretch of time. And so you really, you really need to warm yourself up properly and you have to communicate that if you have, especially a penis owner partner, you have to be like, you need to spend a proper amount of time to warm me up. And also you can do the warm up yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's not always on the partner. Like I know with, with my partner, um, if if they don't have the time, you know, I will be waiting in bed, masturbating <laughs> a little bit, and then I'll, when he comes home, I'll be like, "Okay, I'm ready." To yeah, yeah. You know, I've spent 15 mm. minutes, I'm warmed up, and then they can warm up a lot faster. Like he warms up a lot faster. But yeah, it takes okay. us about 20, 30 minutes. So we need a like, it needs to be an experience. Yeah. Like quickies, I I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really like a quickie. No. A quickie or, no. So that doesn't give like the whole. You know, like it's like I don't know. It's like you cook in, and it's like eh, whatever. That's fine, but no, I want. It's different. Quickies are definitely different when I, when I think back to bait dating penis owners versus now only dating vulva owners. I love the term vulva owner. Every time you say it, I'm like, ooh, I love that. <laughs> I try to be inclusive, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I have another question. Um, just back to your. Uh, model that you have. So I find that for me, like my most pleasure, like central zone outside of my clit is my nipples, like crazy. Like, but I find I could, I feel like when, when my nipples are stimulated, I feel like I can feel it in my clit. What is happening there? Super interesting. I think you're just have, I'm somebody that loves multi-stimulation as well. Like I'm the type of person that like, I want to be overwhelmed with like lots of <laughs> stimulation happening to me. So I love nipple play too, when I'm getting any genital stimulation down there. Um, but your nipples also have, um, erectile tissue. So it's, that's why it's so sensitive, yeah, but, um, the, the connection, I think it's just like your mind body connection that you're feeling, you know, you're feeling, these two zones being activated and you, you, you it's, that connection is just going to make the pleasure that much more intense. It's so not that I there's like, like, I could sorry. be like completely soaked with no stimulation down there at all. Yeah. Just nipple play. 
That's amazing. Yeah. Some people have super sensitive nipples and some people can uh, climax just from nipple stimulation alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's super, but it it varies people's. Some people also have very sensitive nipples, but it's not enjoyable. Like they Mm -hmm. get irritated from the the stimulation. So it it varies quite broadly. See, it's like, like uh, people would like do stuff to my neck Uh and I'll get like wet, but I won't, I don't think I could ever come from that. You could mm-hmm. if you really trained your brain. Trust me, you could. <laughs> you are, we are such impressive creatures with our brains. You could definitely do it. Okay. And I often encourage people to think about – because when people think about sex and the body parts involved, they're like, yeah, like nipples, vulva, butt, whatever – but there's other zones on your body, erogenous zones, mm-hmm. that are very sensitive, and it does it differs it differs from person to person, and it's helpful to think about like, oh, how can I involve that in sex more? Mm-hmm. So for me, I really like the neck too, yeah, like super sensitive, like the, nape, the nape of the neck, and yeah. I love my ears. I really like when my ears are being like nibbled. Yeah, and licked. Just sends like these like yeah, so I love that. But there's other people. Some people are really into feet. Like, okay, I'm super tickled on my feet, so I will kick you in the face. Yeah, yeah, me too. So it's not pleasurable for me. I freak out, and I think it's because I have trauma from like being in tickle fights with my brother. (laughs) So it's like not hot for me. Um, but yeah, some people love that. I really like like under my boob, the crease under my boob touch, Mm -hmm. like really gently stroked. It's so nice because you don't get touched there that often. That's true. So in like a very intentional way. So it's like, it's important to think about, okay, where are the parts of my body that I like to have stroked and that will help increase that um, blood flow that's happening Mm -hmm. in my vulva, in my vagina. Because yeah, it does. It does. It all helps to get things Mm -hmm. juicy. (laughs) Juicy. So on that, so I, I, cause I, I have a few questions here, but on that, and I, this is stemming off of what you're saying. What would be your like kind of handful top tips for vulva owners specifically on how we can enhance our pleasure, uh, alone or with a partner? Like, what are your kind of like, you yeah. know, like elevator pitch for that? Yeah. Well, the thing that, um, is like my number one tip that I tell people is that you have to figure out what your arousal. So this is not stimulation. Like I'll get into actual stimulation techniques, but before that, even it's just so important to know what your turn ons are, but also your turn offs because our sexual response, we have something called the dual response system. So there is the X, I'm going to say this wrong probably, but excitatory and inhibition systems. So um, the easiest way to think about it um, is you've got an accelerator and you've got brakes. Mm-hmm. So you've got things that accelerate your arousal and you got things that will like hit the brakes on your arousal and be like, boop, 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 stop. Mm-hmm. So you might have the perfect setting. You might have like sexy music playing. You might have your lingerie on, you know, you, you might, you, the work's been put away, but there's still something blocking you from being able to be present. And it's super important to know and figure that stuff out for yourself, being like, Mm -hmm. what interferes, what interferes with me being able to relax and let go. Um, And so it's becoming inquisitive, inquisitive about that and communicating it to your partner if it is for partnered sex purposes, but also for masturbation, like you need to know that Mm -hmm. in order to be able to let go and enjoy masturbation. And I'll give you a concrete example. So for me, I am a very punctual person. Like I pride myself on when I say I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to be there on time. I'm like very reliable in that sort of way. So 
I cannot have sex if I need to be somewhere in an hour or in two hours, mm-hmm. because in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking about that, that event, the next thing that I have. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, I'm just going to be stressed out. Mm-hmm. So I always tell my partner, like, no, I'm sorry. I know that I have something in two hours and that's plenty of time for us to fuck, but I, it's still going to get in the way. I'm not going to, I'm going to be thinking about it. Yeah. So it's not good time for me, but my friends, my Colombian girlfriends are late to everything <laughs> because the Latinas like, it's just the way they are. And it's not like, they just know that about each other. So I, and I don't care now. I just know that they're going to be late to things. It doesn't bother me, but for them, like they would, it wouldn't bother them at all yeah. knowing that they have to be somewhere. They'll be, they'll be late. They're going to have a great time. We'll get down. Um, And my friend, uh, I have a friend who cannot fuck if there's dirty dishes in the sink like that. It's just (laughs) a hard no. The dishes have to be clean. The kitchen has to be neat. And Mm -hmm. then she can fuck. Okay. Whereas I don't care. Like there's dishes in the sink. Who cares? Yeah. Let's get other things dirty. That's (laughs) fine. Um, but it's, yeah, it's very personal. It's very personal and you need to figure that out. And so when you have that figured out, then you're going to be able to be like, okay, I'm here. Uh, mm-hmm. Time to feel good. And then actual stimulation techniques. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of external stuff that you can do. As I said, like massaging the labias is really important for um, activating the internal clitoral structure, structure. And then the head of the clit, it's like figuring out your sensitivity and what kind of strokes you like is really important. And that's where masturbation is super helpful. And you can kind of share that information with your partner of like how you like to be touched. Um, I have a very sensitive clit. So there's... Mm-hmm there's some stuff that's just too intense for me. And so I need to, I need to convey that if I am doing partnered sex. Um, But the best way to start is by just tapping the head of your clit. And that technique is called like the raindrop technique. And you can play around with like pressure and pace and how quickly you do that. And then, so that's the best like intro, just to kind of gauge like how sensitive your clit is. Um, And then you could do stroking. So there's side to side, up and down. Uh, You can start with your whole hand, which is going to make the stimulation more broad, or you can use just a finger and you can, you need to explore your fingers and see which finger works for you because it's different on every person. I like my middle finger. I use my middle finger and I go up and down side to side and I do a circle and I like to switch it up. So you might like to switch it up where you just like, you know, one constant stroking motion. That's cool too. Um, We have a shaft. So like there's something called the homologies of sex organs. So our organs map back to male sex organs. They're just, we have the same parts. They're just organized very differently, differently in our bodies. Mm. So the head of the clit is the head of the penis. (laughs) Okay. Um, and the head of the clit is actually much more powerful than the head of the clit. The, the head of the clit is more powerful than the head of the penis. Okay. So the nice. penis has 4,000 nerve endings concentrated in the head. How many do you think the clit has? Oh, geez. Uh, if you said it's more like what? Double? You said, you said so 4,000? Approximately 4,000 nerve endings concentrated in the head of a penis. So how much do you think there would be in the head of the clit? Like 400,000? <laughs> Oh, that's a lot. No, that's, uh-huh. so it used to be double. So research had shown um, that it was double. So 8,000. But newer research has been coming out in the last year and it shows that it's closer to 10,000. Holy shit. So super, super sensitive. Um, and we have a shaft, like the okay. shaft of, you, you can't really see it too well here, but it is, um, there is a bit of a shaft and you can stimulate that shaft above where the kind of mons pubis is just below, you can rub the shaft up and down. So not the head of the clip, but the shaft just above. And you will feel a hard, you'll feel like a hardened little line 
It'll get mm -hmm. hard when you stroke it. You can stroke it with a finger or you can actually position it between your thumb and your index finger or any other finger and then stroke downward. And that's going mm -hmm. to encourage blood flow to no the way. head of the clit and it's going to help the clit get engorged. I feel like I've known so You can stroke your I don't know yeah. anything. <laughs> um, you, this is... <laughs> What? I feel I and so we're two people that are like not I wouldn't say cocky about sex but we're like oh yeah we know a lot I don't know anything that you've told us today not a single fucking thing just regret anything I've ever said in the other episode I know nothing yeah, yeah. The shaft is really good to stroke so stroke the shaft you can lick it you can stimulate it with toys too I have no idea yeah, involve the shaft so that's yeah I, I really like the shaft you can you can also kind of jerk the shaft by just like lifting up your mons mons pubis mm -hmm. so if you hold have like your palm on your mons pubis and just like perk it upward okay it will, like jerk the shaft and it'll feel good no yeah that's wild so play around with that um, and then of course, like directly on the clit, there's so many other things you can do. You can pinch kind of, you could kind of rub the sides of the head of the clit. That feels really mm -hmm. good for some people. You can get sex toys that have these like probing prongs that you kind of position on either side of the clit, the head of the clit. Okay. And some people really like that, but that's very intense. Yeah. So it just depends on how sensitive you are. Um, you can also like pull it down. Some people like to have, um, you know, the, outer part of the head of the clit stroked and then the um the opening of the vagina stroked kind of in like a figure eight kind of yeah. pattern okay. and that can be really nice if you are going to be moving into penetration to kind of start being like you know you're like you're next teasing. yeah it's like teasing it's really nice teasing so you can and you can do that with your tongue or you can do it with yeah. your finger but getting the vagina ready for some action and it's nuts it's nice it's nice <laughs> it's really nice and of course with oral there's like so many things you can do there's so many different techniques that yeah. you can try some people really like the sucking sensation like nibbling kind of yeah. lightly on the head of the clit i really like that and there's a great sex toy that if that if you would like to kind of mimic that and simulate that during masturbation you can get an air pulse toy don't you have something like I that? Just, yeah, yeah. I, I just got one of those. But it's always the little rose, right? That everyone that's, talks about. This is one of them, yeah. But there's that's just one design. But there's so many different designs that you can find. But is it? I, 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 my, my idea of it before I got it was that it was a sucking motion, but it's not. It's pulsing air out, right? Uh, I can't even tell when I'm using it. I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> it's a, it's a, the technology is called air pulse technology. Um, and whether it's going out, no, I think it is sucking in. Oh, no, it might be pushing it out, but it, it mimics. It, it does create kind of like a nibbling sensation mm -hmm. if you put it on the head of the clit. Um, I don't know which direction the air is going, but it, <laughs> like, it feels like a sucking sensation. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. okay. So it's nice on your nipples too. You can put on your nipples if you oh. like that. Oh my god! Yeah, stop! I'm gonna try this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great toy. Um, Sarah's but... gonna go and do this when her brother and dad are gone. It's the oh first my thing. god! No, I'm just that. everything you're saying. I'm like, wow, I'm not fulfilled right now. Like it's just like. <laughs> No, like, right, like, whether it be with myself or like with a partner. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I, and kind of going back to your original few sentences on this podcast is about your journey with being non, not fulfilled by your partner. And, um, after exiting that marriage and, uh, exploring that side of yourself, like, it's just such a plentiful 
place for us. There's so many ways to feel pleasure. And I think so many people are missing out. And we've talked about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. We just don't take the time and we get busy with our lives and we're like, oh, you know, it's fine. Yeah. I'm like, well, I I can, I can settle for this, but there's just, yeah, there's so much that you can uncover. So much orgasmic potential. I don't use, I don't have any toys. I don't use any toys. Like I have like a strap on that I use like for other people, but I've, like I've tried before, like with partners and I'm like, I don't know. But like, Oh, yeah, I don't know. But you, you like to just manually. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally fine. Again, I'm anti-absolutist. Like, I hate being like, everybody should have a sex toy. Or like, nobody should. Like, people yeah. should. If you have a sex toy, you're going to get addicted to your sex toy. Like, no. It's different for everyone. Yeah, I'm open to it. I just like, I don't know. I feel like I just don't, I don't enjoy like, like penetration or anything like that. So like. I don't think I'd enjoy anything like that. So maybe I'd enjoy something that was more external. But, but. but here's what I'll also say about the penetrative sex. Like people don't really take the time to explore the inside of their vagina and what, what zones of the yeah. inside feel good. That's um, fair. And we're so used to, like, I guess, like most of us, if we experience penetrative sex, it's like the thrusting in and out, yeah. which isn't, doesn't really work well uh-huh. for vulva owners. Um, And there's so many ways, that you, so many things that you can do to enhance penetrative sex. So yeah. many things. Things. And to be fair, I did actually enjoy. I do enjoy it though. Like with like if someone's using their hands, and, like I will ask for it. Yeah, because I do enjoy it sometimes to have that little bit of penetrating. Yeah. But I guess I've never just explored it enough. Yeah, I always encourage vulva owners to explore their vagina themselves with their hands and figure out, and with toys too, um, to see what angles feel good and yeah. what parts feel good because there are two common parts of the vagina that like a lot of research has shown that these are the parts that are uh, that tend to be very good for stimulation uh so the g-spot which you've Mm. probably heard of uh which is one to three inches in the vagina and then up towards Mm -hmm. the belly button and when you are lubricated and everything's you know um engorged you will feel like the way that that feels, the G-spot, I like to describe it as a wet raspberry. I heard somebody mm. describe it like that and it really does feel like a wet yeah. raspberry. It has kind of that texture. It's kind of like this yeah. texture. So you'll n- notice that it feels different than other parts of the vagina. Mm. So feel around, like get yeah. to know your vagina and how it feels that on one different sides. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of, so there's, there hasn't been much research to really explain concretely like why that zone feels so good. But some scientists think that it's because that's where you're kind of pushing on the internal clit. Mm. So by going in, yeah, you're, you're pushing on that. Okay. So that's one explanation. Uh, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of research that has shown that the G spot is a great area to help reach climax. And then there's the A spot, which is another mysterious mm. zone. Um, that is deeper in the vagina. Okay. So when you're highly, highly, highly aroused, your vagina actually extends. It expands. There's something called vaginal tenting that happens, but it's mm. after like you've been properly aroused and your body's like really relaxed, and it's like your cervix kind of like gets sucked up and it mm. creates this extra space at the very back of your vagina. Interesting. And that space is called the A spot, and <laughs> it's on the same side as the G spot. So it's in in the vagina and then up towards the belly button, but deeper. So it's about like four to six inches in the vagina and up. If your vagina is not fully aroused and you're doing the deep penetration, you're going to be like hitting the cervix and it's not going to feel good. But when you're fully aroused and the cervix 
gets scooped upward and yeah. the vagina extends, then that deep penetration is going to feel really, really good. Yeah. But it's timing and spending the right amount of time to get it there. Interesting. Um, so yeah, the, that spot is really pleasurable. But again, like you could prefer a different angle or a different side of the vagina. Yeah. So you really just need to play around with it and see what spots work best for you. But we don't take the time no. to really think about and it. I, yeah. I think that like something I've learned more lately, I, I'm not, I, I, like you said, like, we're not going to say what, how other people should experience pleasure and you need to do this and you need to do that. But I will say that I find when I'm with a partner, it's a lot easier for everyone, me, especially if my partner has explored themselves, like, cause it's really hard going in with someone that just, no, it has no idea what they like, what they don't like. Like it creates a lot of not barriers for the other person, but it is a lot. I don't know. It's just a more pleasurable experience for everyone. I think if we all have an understanding and have just. And how nice to equip your, your, the person that you're having sex with, with with information that's going to help them succeed. Like they, they're obviously because they want you to feel good. So if you're like, (laughs) listen, I like this way, that way, they're not going to, they're going to be happy that you're telling them that because they're really trying to help you along here. Um, and that's so, why I think that's why masturbation and mutual masturbation, I am so welcome, welcoming that in the bedroom. Like if I'm yeah. eating you out and, and it's taking a little long and, and then we've, we've, Sal and I have touched on this in other episodes, but, and you've touched on it several times. It's so mental. Oh my God. If like I can be 99% and then my dog will bark and I'm back at 20. Like it's like, but, yeah. um, being able to, uh, like if I'm with a partner and I'm going down on them or whatever, and they're feeling a bit stressed, like, oh, it's taking too long and they're in their head, like just pull your hand down and start touching yourself. That's going to, I like the look of that. I like watching that. I'll get off on that. And just like, just help me. I am super, like, as we got older, as we get older, because I think it's when we're young, it's like an ego hit if we needed help or whatever. Oh my God, no, like, help me help me help you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I often find that people that are like, uh, intimidated by, you know, someone who's like sexually empowered and knows like what feels good and they want to like help you, you know, if they're like, bring a toy into the mix here, it's going to help me. And that, that if that's offensive to them, there's mm-hmm. something else going on there. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but you, there's, there's something else that's making them not feel confident. And so you got to unpack that outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most of the time, most people are like, yes, thank you. Uh, like I saw a funny <laughs> comedy skit where the guy was like, when people, when I am never hurt by the fa- fact that somebody wants to bring a sex toy out, like, yes, help me. Like, <laughs> please, I would, I welcome this wholeheartedly. But yeah, so I, I think, and I also love watching like my partner, um, st- like do self-stimulation. Like I think it's a turn on as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if that's, if you, if you feel intimidated by your partner masturbating or stimulating themselves during partnered sex, like taking a break so that they could do it themselves, mm. there's something else going on there yeah, that you yeah. need to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Cause um, I'm, shoot, I love that. I'm like really into like, ma- I like mutual masturbation. Mutual masturbation is so hot. Yeah. Sometimes like I'll do, we'll just watch a porno and we'll just masturbate side yeah. by side me and my partner. And I'm like, this is great. I know. I'm, yeah. I, I, love it. I love it. I'm like, see, like, <laughs> love it <laughs> like i think the last person that i was like kind of seeing that was like the first thing we actually ever like we were just making out yeah. it only made out before and then i was like oh, i'm just i'm getting i was two in my head because it was also the first person after like my partner 
like my ex partner. And uh, I was just super nervous. And she was like, it's all cool. Like, and this is the first time I've been with someone who was like so well at communicating about what they wanted and what, how they'd like things. And I had done stuff to them, but I have a hard time letting people do stuff to me right away. And so, um, she was, I was like, well, like, would you want to, and she was like, want to what? And I was like, I don't know, like, <laughs> do it beside each other, like, like mutual masturbation. She was like, yeah, hundred percent. Let's do She's like, I've never done it, but like, I'm open to it. And I'm like, cool. And then that was like the first thing we ever did. And then we started sleeping together and then it just got even better. Yeah. Like, and it's been so nice to see like what she was doing to her body. So you're yeah. like, great. Like I'm going to try that. A hundred percent. Yeah. She's yeah. like that. Yeah. It's just like you're, you're literally just setting up the other person for success. Yeah. And they want to please you. If they're in the bedroom with you, there's a reason they're mm-hmm. not there against their will. You yeah. Know. That's so <laughs> yeah. true. I feel like something that I don't even think about, but when you said it earlier, also I was like, that's so true. Like this, take the like, guesswork out of it. Be like, this is like how yeah, to yeah. do it. And I guess you're right. Like <laughs> this person is here to have sex. Like they're not just fucking here to hang out. Yeah, that's so true. Like I just like I guess I I also didn't even think about that. And especially that. with new people, because you're like, oh, it's gonna take a while before it's like actually gonna be really epic and good because you're still figuring each other yeah. out. So the more that you can share and show, the better. The faster that, like the yeah. learning curve is gonna be shorter. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. I'm super open in that. Like I, I just, I, I, I was, I will say I wasn't great at communicating before, but like within the last couple of years, I just started to, Good. and it's like helped immensely. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's. I think it's again something that I was almost like taught to yeah. like not be super open about it and just kind of like keep it on the low key and like whatever there's a sex educator i I think her name's emily morris she's very famous and she says communication is the best lubrication that's so true i love that i love that (laughs) i also i think like when you talked about this when you talked about um the lack of sex education but it's so much more accepted when we're young that the boys boys will be boys and boys masturbating all that is like it's all talked about nobody would ever talk like when we're in middle school even high school like i wouldn't even i don't even remember really like and i'm very open more so now but i don't even know if i was talking to my friends about masturbation yeah, like my own friends friend. oh god no, it wasn't god no and like i think this podcast has really helped me be open in it because I think even before this podcast, I, I was pretty, I was okay with being open about it, but like now I'm like, Oh, whatever. Yeah. I was, I'm late because I just masturbated three times. So I'm sorry. Well, you called me and I was like, <laughs> she calls me to just play COD pretty like on and I'm like you called me what do you want like and then I was like I'm very busy and you were like yeah whatever doing what and then I flipped the camera and I had the wand and the rose on my couch I was like dude call me later like leave me alone trying to talk about how we wanted to like set up talking to you and stuff but then I was like the game hadn't started yet so I called her but then the game started when we were just talking and so then I got so into the game and I was just playing my game and I mean like uh yeah yep uh so annoying. Stella. I was yeah. like sorry yeah I'm trying to be in here right? yeah. <laughs> well, we, we we like like Stella said this podcast has made us more open and it's we've we've just done i mean uh i guess how many episodes whatever 14 15 but the amount of people that have reached out to us friends and strangers that are like 
you've made it more comfortable for me to talk to other people. Yeah. Like, and that's, and you get this, you probably get this every day. That's the most rewarding feeling that anyone can feel is that we're making a difference for other people feeling more comfortable in a household where they were raised not to talk about it. And they're listening to us. I, I realize now still, and I know nothing, but <laughs> we were still talking a lot of shit and people still related to it. So whatever. Yeah. So it's a great feeling for sure. No, sure. I think we just have so much shame because we were failed by our sex education programs and then we were adults and we're having sex and we're like ashamed to be like, I, I do I need to do more learning? Like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Have I learned everything I need to know? And you feel like, but like, I should have learned this as a kid and I'm an adult now navigating my sex life. Like, what's <sighs> like there's just a lot of shame in that. Yeah. Um. So no, I'm really trying to normalize that. Be like, no, there's, you should be learning about sex all throughout your life. It doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways that you can continue learning and expanding your sex knowledge and sex skills. Uh, so it's just about how much you want to invest in it, really. Yeah, I feel how like much you want to prioritize it in your life. Like and it's okay neck. if you don't want to yeah. prioritize it too. Like there's people yeah. who are just like, it's not the priority. Of, I've, I've got other that's shit. Yeah. And that's totally fair too. But you decide for yourself. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I feel like the next partner I have, I want to explore some new things. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like every partner I've had, like I've tried something new with. Uh-huh. And I've kept it and brought it to the next person. Nice. And like, a fucking mm. list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. My, bucket my bucket list of things I want to do That's so in funny. my lifetime. And some of them I'm like, my partner, it doesn't align with my partner's stuff. Yeah. And that's okay. And like, you know, there might be trade-offs or there might be things, negotiations that we make so that I can have those experiences. Um, but I think that it's a, a really helpful tool to have. Mm-hmm. And I also think another thing that people can do is to reflect about their sex lives and like what, what else they could potentially explore is to think about something that they've done before that they really liked that they want to do again. And something that they haven't done before, but they think they would really like to try. Yeah. And then also thinking about what's something I've done that I definitely didn't like and definitely don't want to do. Yeah. That's important to know too. Yeah. So that you need to be able to communicate your boundaries and your hard nose as well. Yeah. So think about, yeah, think about those three things. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good way to kind of leave. That's like something you'd like to leave with her. A nice little takeaways. Yeah. Take away that guys. I have, I have another question. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I guess I have two. So, um, number one, Outside of sex, what what's your favorite way to experience pleasure and sensuality? I know you have some experience yeah. with that too. Oh, for sure. So sensuality and sexuality um, are different, but all, of course very related because sensuality is the way that our body interacts with the world through our senses. And it can absolutely be used to enhance our sex lives. But we also interact with the world um, sensually in non-sexual ways as well. Um, I think that it's helpful for people to think about their senses and think about the the things that like activate them the most and give them the most pleasure through their senses. Mm-hmm. So I've done this exercise for myself um, multiple times because it does change over time, but just kind of list the different senses that you have and think about like, oh, what, what gives me the most pleasure through sight or through smell or through feeling. So some people are really tactile people and some people are like more activated by sound. So mm-hmm. figure that out, figure out which sense is the most powerful sense for you. And then also like write out the pleasurable things. So for me, when it comes to touch, I really love um, like silky material. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll switch out my bed sheets for silk pillow sheets and silk 
um, I'll, I'll wear like silk lingerie and that will help just me, me kind of feel, get more into my body mm. and be more embodied. Um, another feeling that I like is the feeling of my dog's fur, but I'm not going to integrate that in my sex life because <laughs> when my dog's in the bed, I'm in like caretaker dog mom mode and that's going to yes. not be a true. So there are sense, there's some things that are like pleasurable, super pleasurable senses, but you're not going to do that as part of your sex life. <laughs> or maybe you do. Maybe you have your dog there. You're fucking, you're petting your dog. That's okay. As long as don't, 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 I'm not encouraging stop, me. Stop. <laughs> stop. Don't fuck your dog. Don't fuck your dog. Um, but, and, and <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's our headline don't fuck your dog yeah. <laughs> no leave your dog alone um and there through sight like i really love like a starry night so and i'm an exhibitionist so like mm. for me i'm like oh like having fucking on the dock mm. late at night like at, near the lake like that's such a nice like that setting is such a turn on for me mm. so that's something i want to explore okay um, or I, I love the sound of like the waves crashing against the shoreline so like having sex by the beach is so nice like having mm. that as background sound to me that's going to definitely like enhance my sex. Mm-hmm. So there's things that you can think about and kind of get creative about like, oh, how can I kind of bring that into sex? And some of them will work and some of them won't work because some of our some of our sensuality is non-sexual. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So and think about it. I think music is a huge one for me, for sure. Like, I don't think yeah. I could even have sex without music playing. Like, and part of it is like, I'm in an apartment building and I'm con- like, I'm worried about you know, being respectful and not being too like crazy, sure. but but having like my sex playlist on and that it will definitely help me be in the mood and all that. And that is you knowing what your breaks are. So you stressing about someone hearing you is going to pull you out of that moment. Mm-hmm. So you put the things in place so that that doesn't show up which is yeah. so good. Like, kudos to you for knowing that, that, okay, mm-hmm. well, when I play music, I'm, I'm going to know that like whatever noises I make are going to be drowned out by the music so yeah. I can let go. That's great. Well, I also, oh. I'm super noisy. <laughs> I don't care. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I kind of like the Like I kind of am turned on by the idea that I people can hear me. So mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me, but for some people it would detract. So again, like we're so yeah. different. We need to think about that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I've, I posted on my story not that long ago asking for tips and advice from other dog owners of like, like I'm in a one bedroom apartment, so I'll put my dog outside of the bedroom, but there's only so much she can do. Like I was asking people for advice on like, what, how do you distract your super needy dogs? Because like I, I had kind of mentioned, I could be in the bedroom having the best time. I'm almost like, I'm just about to finish whether alone or with a partner. And then she yeah. starts crying outside or scratching on the door. And I'm like, zero like and I, I'll, I'll just stop sometimes because I'm like I this is like gross to me like I can't do this yeah so I would just remove her completely like ask a neighbor to watch her if I really needed to but again that's <laughs> me knowing that it's gonna bother me and figuring out how to remove that definitely yeah. no that's super good that you know that I would say give the dog a toy that's gonna keep them occupied for like an hour so a good one is a hollowed out bone like I what I'll do with my dog is I'll um put yogurt in it and then I'll freeze it and then it's going to take the dog a long time for the yogurt to melt and she'll just be licking it for like an hour mm-hmm. um so yeah that's smart. any kind of toy or treat that you can give your dog that's going to occupy them for a while yeah is good but yeah that mm-hmm. 
the hearing the dog thing for me too. My dog's pretty chill now. She kind of knows when I'm about to <laughs> – she gives me like a side eye being like, oh, this again and walks away <laughs> annoyed so she doesn't bug me anymore. Um, But if I were to hear her bark or like, you know, because something outside is um distracting her, then it would pull me out too. And it's because it's uh, igniting your caretaker part of your brain, mm-hmm. which inhibits the sexual part. It's mm. not your sexual, but like those don't go together usually. Yeah, so it's, and that's why yeah. people who are parents really struggle because they're like, I'm always in parent mode. Like that yeah. part of my brain is activated. I'm constantly like thinking about my kids. So it's it's really how do you like turn that down? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really hard. I, yeah, I don't have kids, and I can I know it's it's a big struggle to turn off that parenting part of your brain. Mm. <laughs> I can only imagine it. Yeah. So okay, I have one more question. First of all, I've been thinking this for the last like. I don't know this whole entire time. I wish <laughs> this was a five hour episode. Like I yeah. feel like we could like, I feel like we have so much to learn from you. So I'm already inviting you back for another episode. <laughs> like I just, Estelle, I'm not even going to ask you permission yeah, yeah, invite her because I've been thinking about it. Yeah. me like, too. I'm just like, I've learned so much and I just know our viewers are going to be like all over this. Like this has just been fantastic. So thank you so much. But my last question or our last question would be, what do you want our viewers to take away from this chat with you? Mm, what do I want them to take away? I think the the message that has kind of been the undertone of everything is just like your sexuality is very unique and you, we are creative sexual beings and we don't take the time to kind of just sit with our erotic minds and really unpack them. Oftentimes we get in partnerships and if there's one person that's like the more like horny one, mm-hmm. they'll have the fantasies and we'll just kind of like go along with them and, you know, because we, we want to please them and their mm-hmm. pleasure is important to us. But sometimes we can get stuck in that pattern of, you know, not really taking the time to be like, okay, but like, wait, what, what is it that I really want? Or mm-hmm. what are the, what are the potential things that I could be really into? Um, so yeah, taking time to do the reflections, um, that those kind of questions that I had put out there, you know, like what's something you've tried before that you, you, you haven't done for a long time mm-hmm. and you really like to do again, or something you've never done that you'd like to do again, something you've done that you're like, oh, that didn't like, that should probably be a hard no. Um, yeah. Thinking about those types of things, thinking about your sensuality and, and what you could potentially draw from, um, and just be creative with your sex life. Like the bedroom is the adult playground it's where we're supposed to be having fun Mm -hmm. and really letting loose and and not be worried about being judged um so i think just yeah exploring that Mm -hmm. thinking about that um getting creative giving yourself a challenge like i want to try something new this year whether it's a new sex toy a new sex position a new sex technique something something to kind of work towards because we don't really think about sex life, our sex life being part of our self-development sometimes. It's just something we take for granted and we're like, mm-hmm. this is my sex life. This is how we'd have sex. So kind of just like pushing yourself a little bit more yeah. being like, is there more pleasure that I could be getting? Could I be more orgasmic? Mm-hmm. What could that look like? Just well, like- yeah. Both with a partner or alone, even if you're single, there's so much to explore with yourself. That's so crazy. Much. Wow. That's oh my great. God. I, I want to go have sex guys. I'm like, yeah, I just yeah. want to go. Like I need to leave. <laughs> I know, right? Yes, I, I want that for you as well. <laughs> I also learned that uh, it takes 15 minutes for a man to orgasm, uh, and I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. I'm more of a two-pump chump kind of. Oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, on average, 
through partnered sex. But if you're if it's solo sex, that's usually how quick it is. You know your body really well, so you're able to. You, Pretty you, I can do it soft in about 40 seconds. Nice. Stop. And, <laughs> that's a great, great thing to be able to access. Well, I heard that um, premature ejaculation, guys, it can go quick. It's because from a young age, you're, you kind of wire your brain to masturbate quickly because yep. you like have to do it fast. You have uh, to hide it and it has got to be. Yeah. yeah. So it's like <clears throat> we from like 12 years old, we, we condition ourselves oh, to yeah. uh, our erotic brains have so quick. much to do with our childhood upbringing <laughs> so much it all is grounded in our childhood i think sarah's brother and dad might want uh, to chime in on this one actually shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm dead. <laughs> oh my so- god wow wow like okay yeah. stell you and i have had some great episodes we have but this yeah. is my yeah. favorite we've done like i I'd, i'm yeah, just Really, truly, like you're the host now. You're yeah, the host you know now. what? I quit. I quit. It's <laughs> all you now. Nah. I'm dead. Oh man, no, this yeah. is really fun. Thank you. This is my first podcast experience, so thank you for making it so comfy, cozy. <laughs> I and can't yeah, I talk about a lot of things. No, to say. I love I'm that. Chatty Kathy. I, we've learned so much, and like Sarah said, I would love to have you back, and we can have like a part two on this, and. Because like I feel like this in this in general is going to be our longest episode, but <laughs> I'm I would actually rather keep going and make it even longer. But I know like we should probably chill out. <laughs> we'll but save it for next time. Overload it can yeah you got to yeah. process that everything that I've kind of. But I on think you. it's just unreal. And if you guys want to hear more and learn more of this stuff, you can follow Nat on like what's your. Yeah, yeah. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Kinks and Coffee, Kinks and Coffee, all together. That's my handle. Um, and I work for Wicked Wanda's, a sex shop that's located in Ottawa. But we um have a website where you can find all sorts of blog posts that I've written about different sex topics and products, product reviews. Uh, that website is wickedwandas.ca. And yeah, you'll see me again, hopefully. I'm going to be coming in to chat with you for some sex toys. Yeah, I love giving people tours of the sex shop. I should probably. Like, uh, anytime, anytime. Explore. Yeah. I should probably yeah. explore. Like- There's so many things, yeah, we, we can talk about. We didn't even talk about anal sex, you guys. And oh, you know um, I just we I, can do a podcast oh, just yeah. on anal, 100%. Because <laughs> I just I got into butt stuff probably like I want to say four years, four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. I was dating some girl and she was like, You're done doing butt stuff, and I was like, Absolutely not. <laughs> and then she was like, Come on, just try it. And I was like, Fine. And then like, I found out that I liked receiving it uh-huh. and giving it. And I was like, and I was like, what the fuck? Okay. I like, know, I can, right? I can do this. And then I brought it into another relationship who had, my partner had never done it before. And she was like, oh, I don't know. And then we, we tried it and she was like, I kind of like this. And I was like, right. Right. And so then it was like a very fun thing to like continue exploring with like partner after par- partner. So now I'm like very butt friendly. Love that. Love <laughs> very butt, butt friendly. That's funny. Butt friendly. I butt love gallop. that. Big butt gal over here. Okay. Well, yeah. Next episode. Next episode, we'll definitely have to feature Talk all of that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh oh I'm sad. I'm sad I know. to close off. Like I really could go for hours on this. Oh my God. I'm so excited for this to release, Nat, and for you to listen to it. Like, Wherever you're at, it's gonna be 
it's so fun. It's really fun. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. All right. Well, I guess that's a wrap, eh? Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks for coming, guys. See ya.